Today on the not-quite-season premiere of Discologist, we've got a very special guest for you. Gus Fairbairn makes music under the name Al Bastard of Plume, and in that capacity has been making some of the most thought-provoking and feeling-provoking music of the 21st century. On Come With Fierce Grace, his third album for the lauded Chicago jazz label International Anthem, the Plume continues to explore new territories of sound and connection. And today we're going to be talking to the Plume about how making that album was a new process for him, what it means to be human in the modern world, and a whole lot more. So settle in, find your comfort, and please enjoy this conversation responsibly. Let's get on with the show. We have uh, we have a real treat for you guys today. Um, a conversation that's been that's been a while in the works, and that uh, I think Kevin and I had had wondered a couple times uh, if perhaps this this might have been a conversation that was fated not to happen. Um, and yet, and yet, when it did come together, it was absolutely everything we could have hoped for and more. Um, this is the episode where we finally get to talk to Alabaster de Plume, someone that you've been hearing us talk about for three years now, probably. I, yeah, I think, I, th- I think three years, maybe, maybe longer. I, yeah. I know, um, this is what they referred to back in the olden days as like a very special episode. Yeah, that's right. It is. It <laughs> is episode zero of season 13, but a very special episode. Yeah. We've been working on this for a while. We've been, uh, obviously listening to, uh, Alabaster de Plume, like everybody, came on board with uh, Josiah and Lee. I'd heard the name kicked around, but never really dove into it. Uh, I was even talking to a friend of mine today who you turned on to them. Uh, and he was like, what, how beautiful is this music? Um, and the music, I will say without spoiling anything, I think is as beautiful as uh, Gus is as a human. Uh, this was, we, we've done a lot of interviews on the show and there's some of them you connect and some of them you don't. And that's fine. That's, yeah. that's, that's the biz as they say. Uh, this was pure connection. And a lot of that was due to uh, Gus Fairburn is his name, uh, his commitment to engaging uh, people as, and seeing them as like humans, as equals, as like just, yeah, there's this there's this wonderful way in which it feels like all this stuff, like when you're talking to him, all this other stuff, like just layers of clothing or your skin or whatever, it all just sort of falls away. And he's like yeah. peering directly into like your chest cavity and deep into the recesses of your mind. And I think it's OK to say, too, that like, you know, you and I, as 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 we often do, sometimes there's there's some discussion about like about this show, about, you know, what is, you know, why are we doing it? What's, you know, what's it for? And a conversation like the one we had with Gus is really like, that's That's what what it's for. for. (laughs) That's what it's for. (laughs) This this is what it's for. This is what it's all about. We've been doing the show for over 10 years now. You've been doing it for a lot of that time. Uh, And uh, it's stuff like this. This this is what it's all about. Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about his new album, Come With Fierce Grace, which is out now, which you should get because it's fantastic, like all of his work. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his touring. Yeah. Uh, and I think, though, we're going to talk about really just being a human 
in the modern world, I think is what it comes down to. And there's, we talk about like jujitsu comes up at the end. Like I did not, <laughs> did not see that coming yeah. in this conversation. Yeah. One bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but so, it does. So we're going to get out of the way now. And this is us talking, uh, across the pond, if you will, yeah. uh, to Alabaster de Plume, otherwise known as Gus Fairbairn, uh, about everything. Hope you enjoy it. Us, right? He does. He does indeed. Um, when, oh. Well, welcome to the show, other Gus. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful honor to be on your show. Thank you. What uh, what we want to talk about a little bit today is I- some stuff that you have coming out. Um, you have a new album coming out, Come With Fierce Grace. Uh, that is your third on International Anthem, correct? That's that right, right, yeah. Yeah, your third, and it's the follow-up to Gold. Um, and then you're going to be touring the United States here, but I want to go back a little bit to sort of early Alabaster to Plume when it wasn't even necessarily Alabaster to Plume because you have a reputation of, um, your work connects people. Your work is about connecting people. Uh, and that scene, we were just talking about like learning stuff from other people. That seems to me like something that. Uh, it takes a while to learn. And And so I've I've always kind of wondered when you first started interacting with people via music um, and realized that this could be a tool to kind of uh, help you connect with people more so than just like making music. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, those are very kind words. Um, and before I move on into my own thoughts, I want to appreciate that you consider it that way, um, that it, that you should consider it to be something that brings people together. Um, thank you. Uh, the... First thing that comes to mind is um, not uh, so much that there was a point where I realized that music could be used to bring people together. It's more like um, it occurred to me that um, we don't know um, when we're dividing people or not necessarily, and we don't know the effects of our ac- actions and our work um, necessarily, they they can have a ripple effects on things that um, will remain invisible to us, you, the listener, whoever you are, who we're speaking to, uh, will be doing things that you don't know what the effect of them are, good or bad, and uh, 
and we don't know how we're going to be seen by others. We can't control how I can't control how I'm going to be seen by you. That's your business. I can only check where am I coming from, you know? And that's all I can hold myself accountable to. And I feel like, um, none of us are above, um, uh, contributing to the cruelty that there is in this world. And I don't think anyone gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to be a villain. I'm going to do horrible things. Yes, I'm going to be the bad guy that nobody likes. I don't think anyone does that. But um, cruelty occurs every moment of this uh, life somewhere. How do I know I'm not contributing to the division that there is in this world? Uh, I only know that when I know that I'm definitely doing something about contributing to the opposite of that. And uh, there are degrees of this, of course. And there will be things that I do and my tunes do that divides people. There will be things that I don't know about, but I, it, it gradually occurred to me, particularly when I decided to go and visit Auschwitz. I don't know if you've been there. I decided to go visit. You have? No, I, I went there. I, I was thinking about these things and thinking about leadership. Mm. And we're all involved in leadership some way or another in every interaction that we have. And I'm like, well, what can I, um, how, how do I know I'm not contributing to that? Only when I know I'm actively working on making the other thing happen. Uh, music is just, just happens to be the resource I've got. I love, uh, making music and I love making a spectacle out of myself. What can I say? I only work here. <laughs> it's fun. It's like, this is just what's, you know, useful right, right. to me, you know. It could have been accounting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just happened the to be The beneficent accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's a bit this... like that. It's a nice question. Well, this has me thinking a little bit about the... Um, I'm thinking about the fact that your music seems to want to speak to the, the whole person. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm thinking of it as sort of a a resistance to segmenting and thus dividing and classifying people, but also how, how clearly the music comes from a place of oppos of opposition to cruelty, right? It's, it's, it's sort of, you know, we talk, especially in the, in the States now, there's a lot of, you know, sort of worldviews that are encompassed as being about being anti-racist or anti-fascist, right? And, and the idea that it's a worldview that rejects another worldview. And it does, it does seem to me that, that your, uh, sort of your whole ethos, Kevin and I have been, have been trying to, to sort of distill this for a while as we've taken some, some deep dives into you, in, into your music, but it does, it does really seem to hinge on that idea of being, of, of, of being opposed to, to cruelty. And I, I wonder how um I wonder how you're able to preserve that how you're how you're able to protect that 
impulse in a world where everything you send out, as you pointed out, you, you can't control how it's received or how it's, per, or, you know, how, how it's perceived or received, right? So how, what is that tension like to keep that inner uh, resolve and that inner commitment uh, in place, knowing that you might well be misunderstood or misapprehended? Uh, once again, those are very kind words. And the attention that you're paying to this stuff is humbling to me. And anyone who's listening, I want you to know your crew here, Kevin and Eduardo, who you come to listen to, they really love you. They really love you because they work hard on this, on this stuff. Like some people, like, yeah, it's, it's very lucky for me, uh, for one thing, but it's very lucky for, for, for your beautiful, wonderful humans who listen to you that you love this stuff because, like, I can, you know, I can tell immediately that you're bothered about it in a deep way. But the tension between... Um, uh, I think the f I feel that the fact that scrutiny will be paid to this work and that their um that people's per perceptions which I cannot control will have an effect on my life, my work, and my feelings, my experience. Inevitably, yeah. Yeah. Um, this, th that is the very thing that demands that I must let go of how it's perceived. And how will I let go of that? Um, as humans, we find it tricky to actively not do something. It's helpful to be doing something that means yeah. you're not doing that other thing. Yeah. And so what shall I do, which is focus on, the answer is focus on where am I coming from? When we put the instrumentals record out, um, up until the very, that's the first release on International Anthem. Right. Till, till the very moment it was announced, I was convinced that I would be derided um, thoroughly uh, <laughs> for putting out such a soppy, um, <laughs> typical, um, like, rehash of things that people... You've already released those things. Like, like who do you think you right, are? Right, right. Yeah. Elton fucking John <laughs> putting your best of out. You wanker is what I thought it was going to be like, you know, and I was convinced it would be that way because they're like, oh, you've got your wobbly saxophone and you're doing your pentatonic, like, you know... Right. <laughs> Whatever, and um, every day the announcement got closer, and you know, 
Scotty and the crew at the International Anthem are excited about it. I'm like, the more they're excited about it, the more I'm like, yeah, you're all going to kill me. You're going to kill me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I had to ask myself, but hey, but hang on, Gus, what? Why are you putting this thing? Why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Where are you coming from with putting this thing? Are you doing it? You showing off? Are you doing like, you know, and I'm like, well, it just is something that we made at a time where it was useful to create a moment of peace. And I believe people might find it useful to have my soppy fucking melodies to have a bit of peace. Someone, someone might be saved for a minute. Right. And then, and if they don't, if they want to laugh at me, then that's fine. But I'm happy with where I'm coming from. And what I, I share this with you just in case you, like either of you guys, but you who are listening, just in case you are about to or are considering doing something that you feel certain we might deride you for. If you're happy with where you're coming from, do the shit out of it. Yeah. Because it like we can laugh all we want. If you are cool with where you're coming from, then do that work. We need it in this world. Do it, yeah. And, and that came at a obviously a time during over here we were locked down. You were locked down in England. Uh, that was unexpected. That people, I think, uh, I know. For example, say my partner is not the biggest jazz fan, and and I would classify your work as maybe jazz adjacent. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just alabaster to plume music, really. But she heard that, and everybody's. Like you said, everybody's defenses were a little beaten down by what was happening in the world, more so than like the daily stuff. And she received it mm. and was and was very much appreciative of, of like you said, of, oh, this is this exists. There, there was a, for me, there was like there seemed to be a humanity to it and to like all of your music that mm. just that. that <laughs> I won't say isn't in other music, but it it, it very specifically resonates. Like you found the frequency that nobody else is on right now. Wow. The people maybe need to hear. Um, And, and, and to see people like we would, we talked about the album and to like give it to people and they give it, I gave it to my, uh, her mom and her mom's wife. Her mom's wife wife sings in, uh, she sings in church and plays uh, bells. And she has a beautiful voice. And Anna was just, she was just like, her heart stopped. She's like, this is beautiful. And that, I think even not just me doing it, but people, when something like that is out in the world, if you can spread it around, that's kind of the point of creating, right? Is what you've been yeah. saying. Yeah. 
but it belongs to, well, um, that's a beautiful story. It's a true story. <laughs> that's a beautiful story. Thank you. Anna, bless her soul. Um, but the, like, the work, and, and that's the best thing you can do for someone like me is sharing this stuff. You know that, like, you show it to somebody, that is the best thing you can do for me and my community and the people involved in making this stuff. But if there is, like, a feeling of humanity around it for you, that isn't just my work, that's, like, that's the work of everyone who's been involved in delivering it to you. It creates a context, you know. If, if this very same collection of, like, minor chords and, you know, pentatonic bits was delivered to you via, like, some, something completely soulless, you know, the experience of the thing would probably be different, but also the meaning of the stuff, the meaning of the material, belongs as much as it does to me, to those who hear it. And like you who hear it and listen to it, you create, you do half the work. And I, I'm reminding myself when I say this, of that truth, uh, it's, it's ours, it's, you know, it's, it's what's between us. By myself, if you were not here, it would be, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this thing. Right. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> if yeah. I was just alone in the world and there was no other humans, it would not, you know. Well, and it, I think what's interesting about that is that a lot of artists, uh, artists will acknowledge that, like, once it's out there, it's it's not mine anymore, right? But it is it is that half the work and half half like it means something very different to you and like and the total refreshment center community, like how you created that's that's an experience that like is about that. And I wasn't as clued into it as that that feeling as a person until I started making and releasing music. And then it was like this weird light bulb went off and everything started to have a little bit more meaning. Like yeah. every bit of art that I looked at was like very different now because – When was that? I, that was about two and a half years ago. But I've, but I've played music since I was five. So oh. I just started releasing it. Um, and it, it – Thank it, you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it, you know, it, it changed how we do the show. It changed how, like, I interact with people. And, and, yes. I, and, I, and, and so, again, back to, like, when this came out and, like, the purpose it served for other people, seeing it come along and not seeing that come along for such a long time was just like, oh, maybe we're on, maybe we're on a different path now as, as like, humans. That that this is what we're going to be looking for instead of just something that is like purely entertaining. Like it has to be nourishing on like a slightly deeper level. Um, what? You, you mentioned the 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 community. I want to ask a little bit about the Total Refreshment Center, which is from an outsider seems like the ideal <laughs> arts advocacy. 
It really uh, does. Thing. It really does. It seems just you know, incredible. It, 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 you know, we can talk all day about like how arts isn't funded in uh, the U.S. I, I don't know the funding in like in England, but but not just the work that comes out of it. How people like you talked about it. How people like Aaron Ghost talks about it. How how everybody who has come through and seen this this system as it's vital to it seems now to like the London scene. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's much like, um, is it the, why do we laugh when you say it seems ideal? And that, uh, I, I, uh, I feel like we laugh because the thing is completely chaos. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, and now it's an anomaly. Like it's, um, an, an, an accident of capitalism, you know, is something that is, it didn't like, um, how has it happened? It's impossible, really. It's the the imperfection around which a bubble forms. You know, it's the um, it's the grain of uh, dirt in the um, oyster that becomes the pearl. You know, it's uh, uh, the the people in that crew in our crew are devoted to our work, um, like ruthlessly, brutally devoted to our work. Our work happens to include uh, humanity and love, and we recognize that. We're um, um, too chaotic, perhaps, not to go into some less human and more uh, selfish uh, money um, bath that just ends nowhere, really, even if you succeed. Um, we're very romantic and uh, foolish, foolish, so silly. Elijah music is very silly. <laughs> Indeed. I, yeah. If you can do something else, do something else. I can't do anything else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 the, and I mean, that's, that's the artist struggle, right? Is that you feel you can't do anything else. And then people like try to, they hold down regular jobs. They hold, but they don't. And, and, the question always is hanging over, like, what art do we miss because of that? But I think, again, from an outsider, what I've seen from Total Refreshment Center is that it's producing almost a, a small answer to that question. <laughs> because everybody seems to be so dedicated to what you're talking about. Just be like, I can't do anything. This, this mm. community needs to exist at this point in time. Mm. There's yeah. there's that there's that great uh, Duchamp I think it's the Duchamp quote about it's something to the effect of you know the reason the solution is not presenting itself is because there is in fact no problem and oh. I think a lot of us have taken that to mean okay well if there's no solution there's no problem it's just the way things the way things are and it it occurs to me hearing you talk and and you know the the reflecting that Kevin and I were doing ahead of this chat. And this idea that, that, you know, probably, uh, 
until until your work and the work of your peers and some of what we're seeing from International Anthem and others during the pandemic, I'll, I'll broaden that to, you know, many artists, I think, chose to really take that opportunity to to look at things differently. And that once that was presented to me, I understood that, oh, there is a solution now so I can admit that there is a problem, which is this sort of grave spiritual crisis of selfishness or a lack of empathy or, you know, whatever it is that's, that's driving a lot of human behavior. And I think I'd been, I'd been reluctant to think of it as a problem because I didn't think it was solvable. And suddenly in that warbly fluttery tone of yours, that is, you know, so fragile and just a reminder of, I mean, it's the breath of life and it's inherently fragile, right? It, it's just something in that suddenly I, I, I did feel a solution beginning to present itself. And then suddenly I could say, okay, well, there is something really wrong and, and there is something we need to do better as, as a collective. Mm, fucking hell. <laughs> That's an, an immense thing to hear. It's an immense thing to receive and to feel on my <laughs> end from you, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's a genuine aspect of um, uh, the, I don't have a choice yeah or or um it feels um pessimism becomes um a, an indulgence yeah, yeah. and yeah, um, yeah. i i will believe in you um dear fellow human, because I must. And um, if we fail, then perhaps humanity isn't what I was talking about when I said, I believe in you. Yeah. fellow human. <laughs> right, 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 right. But there is also like, we create, like a word spoken creates a reality. Like, right. um, I know people, I don't know if you know much details about the Labour Party in this country, um, supposedly left wing. Um, right, it's, right. uh, it's kind of traditionally it was left wing, become a, a more right wing, uh, neoliberal thing. Uh, I've, um, I'm a member of the party. I became a member of the party to uh, bring in Jeremy Corbyn, socialist uh, Labour, uh, and and we've met with um, a great deal of opposition and um, a, a, you know victories from the right wing, um, and um, many friends joined me in in becoming members of the party. Many of us recently have left the party because it's not left wing enough for us. Yeah. And um, and we can say like, oh, we can find ourselves as members of the party saying, oh, the Labour Party should do this. The Labour Party should do that. I am the Labour Party. I am a member of the party. <laughs> I am right. the party. I want us to do something. Then shall I do it then? And I and I apply this to you know I know many people who left this country, uh, England, uh, United Kingdom, um, when the 
Brexit vote went the way that they didn't like. Uh, then I am going to leave the country because it is too bad now. Um, shall I continue leaving everywhere that's not nice enough? Like how, like how much leaving right. of things are you going right. to do? Or shall I be the fucking thing? I mean, maybe it's easy for me to speak this way. Maybe, and because I, I am very lucky. I am I'm very lucky and I love my life. But I decide what the fucking party is. Like, I'm, I'm going to be here because it's, it's not. When do they need socialists in the Labour Party the most? Right now, actually. And, um, but it's, you know, and this is how I'm seeing our life and our uh, future together with the challenges that we have, that we face, the brutal challenges and the um, ruin that we see ourselves facing and the strangeness and division and cruelty between us and you listening, and I know you, you feel it, you feel the violence, the violence between us. It is precisely at this time that I will contribute hope if I can. Yeah. And, you know, at some point, if you're only engaging in the stuff that makes you feel good, which politics should not make anybody feel good. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like we exist in that world, right? You, we we can't avoid it. Like you said, you know, where do you go? That you keep going someplace that you perceive as nicer, and then you end up at the last nice place on earth. Yeah, and and it's only you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but then there's like the word. Like I watch out for one of the words you just said. I watch out for it, and it's makes. Um. Uh. And I, I like watching out for that because um, sometimes we say things like, oh, yeah, she made me do this thing. And uh, it's like, oh, she made you, did she? Did you, like, you know, you were forced to. Right. Or did right. you choose to, you know? Right. And right, I, right. I love watching out for that. And when I, I watch out for it, when we talk about feelings, like you said, that makes you feel good. Oh, I will feel good when I am made to. <laughs> right or, or, or will <laughs> yeah. I or yeah. will I choose or do I get to choose goodness in my emotion you know but then, yeah. yeah there's there's so much uh, so much stoicism programmed into us too and this idea that that you know joy must be earned or joy is something that needs to be used sparingly because uh, there's a we're all assigned a finite supply of it and we don't want to run yeah, out yeah. before, you it's, know, and it's just, it's, it's such some a, stuff yeah. that you get. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, as, oppo <laughs> yeah. as opposed to, as opposed to a worldview that, that holds joy to be, you know, so, sort of the ultimate, the ultimate, uh, contagion, the ultimate renewable resource yeah. that begets joy. Right. It, it, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Creating joy yeah. fosters more joy. Yeah. 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 We can choose it. Uh, and 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 this and this really does strike me as I I I don't want to belabor this this point um, too much, but but I think somewhere in 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 the notes um, as we were uh, 
reading ahead of this, it, there was some reference to the fact that what attracted you to the saxophone, you had, you had played in sort of more traditional kind of rock, experimental, um, kind of noisy music. kind of folky. Kind oh, okay. Of, okay. I think. Oh, but oh, yeah, back in the day I did, yeah. I made yeah. some rock music. I okay. mean, come on. Did we all? Sure. I mean, we, I yeah. mean, we've all been, we've all been, yeah, we we've all, all been did. young. I mean, you guys did. Yeah. It's there a young a very game. bad tape of me somewhere. <laughs> Let's have it. <laughs> so listen to it right now. I admit, that really bad tape of you somewhere. Well, it, it seems like, um, I think the in my notes here, I had some reference to jam sessions at Iron Mountain and Dark Cottage. And there oh was this... God. You and have there was done your work. <laughs> oh, we wanted my we days. wanted to be prepared. Um, uh, oh, it, there's there's some reference in there to the fact that what what attracted you to the saxophone was the desire to sort of participate in this in this group setting, right? In this sort of collective setting, and you sort of went to you know what is needed, what is the gap here, and what can I bring to the table? Oh, and yeah. It just strikes me as such a beautiful origin story to, to that your relationship to the instrument is is inherently about a participatory, creative, uh, relational view of yeah. the world, rather like, than yeah. I mean, like I had disappeared from a whole life then, and I had become. Like, you know, uh, you know, sometimes somebody or something rejects you and in response, instead of standing for yourself, you reject yourself. Ever do that? Oh, yeah. Maybe anyone, someone out there listening, you do that. I have done it six times. I, uh, I, oh, I will be on your side against me. So that at least I wasn't alone. That's the kind of vibe, you know? And it's so destructive, like, but, but anyway, I had just done that, you know, with a whole, with my whole, and disappeared from a whole life. And so I had the great abundance of a nothing. Um, I, I don't know if anyone out there is living through a moment of having nothing. And, um, but I was very lucky to be able to see it as, oh, I've got the great abundance of nothing. And in that space, it could become filled by this brilliant world of these completely chaotic and drunken and brilliant guitarists. And I went into that house and had all the time in the world and and devotion in the world to participate in creative joy. And you just mentioned joy. You were talking about joy just now. And that's a key uh, ingredient in creating this new album that come with fierce grace joy our joy our interaction and we have a responsibility towards joy when i say we i mean people ultimately we have a responsibility towards joy the other things serve 
joy. And, it, and it's a real thing to work on. Um, and we were working on joy. We didn't think of it in terms of like that, in terms of work, but that's how I learned the saxophone. And that's why it's so wobbly. And uh, that's why I have, I, I'm committed to fun. But it, it's that and working with those two guys with learning difficulties because that working with them taught me great things about our collective uh, creativity and um, leadership and interaction and performance. Things that I, that I use every day. It's so freeing when you, and, and you describe these cycles and the people go through that. Um, things happen in your life and, and you retreat. But at least it's a very American thing that you, you are supposed to know who you are, what you are, and more importantly, your voice very early on. And that's not really the point of life, I think. Mm. And, and so at least for right now, for this phase of your life, it seems like you found your voice in like those people specifically, but also like the saxophone mm. and, it, and it allowed you to communicate something that you hadn't before in your life. Mm. Uh, and, I, and maybe that's why it comes across as humanistic in all your work. Um, you know, you mentioned the new album. If you, just for the sake of discussion, if you consider like to and Lee was sort of a reintroduction of you and an introduction of you to the American masses. Gold was a mission statement. Um, for me, I know maybe for Ed too. Uh, don't forget your precious was just a, a weird phrase that like, you don't think to, you don't think anybody would ever say that. And then somebody does and you're like, fuck. <laughs> like, and the album played like this come with fierce grace feels a little looser. Do you see it as a continuation of that mission statement? Or like you just said, it's exploring joy. It's, it's exploring like other like doors opened up that when you were creating gold and in the shows that you played, and now this might be other messages that you want people to explore. Um, I'm going to say, well, before I forget, I don't think I found, well, I, um, I love the search. Right. And so I hope I've not found my voice. And I hope yeah. I, I've not yeah. found Let, who I am. Let me always rephrase. Becoming, always a becoming, voice. Yeah. A voice. I've, 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 a voice. That's, even, that's better. Yeah. And I'm having, yeah. a, I'm having a lovely time with it. Because, because we don't have to be one thing. Nobody does. Yeah, yeah. But let's be careful saying that because some might some might think, oh, I'm not gonna go down there. But yeah, yeah. 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 We've got I mean we've got many different voices within. Right. But that's a long like that's a deep thing to be talking about. Right, um, right. That's a really bad but we certainly do. Like we like and but and and, and none of them you know, if we where we fail to recognize those voices, uh, that's when they feel like they might have to take over, you know, and they start deciding our behavior and we start behaving perhaps more cruel or perhaps in unfortunate ways 
because something I wasn't listening, I wasn't paying attention, I wasn't facing some part of myself. And we've got these different voices within. Anyway, is it part of the mission statement? But no, it's a result of the way that we did the, the record. I, like I wasn't looking for those tunes. They, occur, they occurred between us. They insisted on being because of the joy that we applied to this work. Um, they, like, we would, instead of finishing, like say we're recording Don't Forget Your Precious, for instance, and usually you'd come to the end of the song and the song finishes and it's got to end. And then the song has ended, everyone stops playing and thinks for a second, did I do it well or did I do it badly? Right, right. They might even ask. They might even talk about that. Oh, I don't know if I, I did the verse very well. I, do I, no, no, you were good, but I was bad. I had a really yeah. bad solo. And... um. Uh, how do we avoid these things? Well, don't finish the song. Don't, uh, don't let the song finish. Keep them playing. And I'll say into the microphone very quietly, stay on that chord. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll, I'll fade out the click, you know, and I'll start right. playing something else. I'll start playing something else. Like I, I'm paying, I'm spending thousands of pounds on this session yeah do i think about that i know i forget about it and i start playing something else why am i playing something else is it because i want to make a very good album no it's because i fucking feel like it and i like playing with these players and i feel it and then they feel that I feel it, and they play something else, and I, I feel like making a fresh melody here, actually, and somebody comes and does a thing that I'm like, oh, my God, I love that, I love that, and I'm like, bang, 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 and then I realize, oh, actually, right now, we're playing in the right key for this other song that I want to play. And that'll lead us into one of the other songs on gold, you know. And one of the players clocks that I'm playing that song. And they play the part that goes with it. And maybe the other players don't notice and they just do some, but they're definitely responding to each other and enjoying playing with each other. And in this way, the whole two weeks of recording passes with all different musicians doing this. And as a result, there is a beautiful energy in the songs we recorded for gold. But as a result, there is also many great pieces of music that insisted on becoming alive, just like you and I and your listeners insist on being. And so, um, so we are sharing them because it would be rude not to. Well, and it always feels like almost like infinite possibilities could happen. 
And maybe, and like, I, sometimes maybe next time I listen to a, a track off there, maybe it'll sound different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lies there's no, I, de- de- depending on like my state of mind, uh, as it were, um, it, it can be kind of psychedelic. As a, oh, wow. as a, as a composer though, what, when you, when you theorize what you're going to do, how much is for you like sort of blocked off as like, I need it to do this as far as like even just notes or is it all about the process? What do you mean? Sorry. I need it to do this. So, so if, if you're writing out a piece of music and you say, I want it to go from an E to a D minor to a C like diminished thing. And I want a string part in here and I want this, you, 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 you want a sound you want, like you're trying to say something with these sounds mm. and a traditional composer or songwriter is just going to write them down or play them and record them and, and yeah. remember them however you do it. But it's not clear if that's your process. <laughs> if if mm. it is, if, if how much of that goes into that. So how much of the song don't forget your precious was I need it. This is this is like the center of the song, and then whatever happens out out of that is fine. Yeah. Or was there a center when you went into it? Yeah. Uh, um. Well. Uh, well, they've all got their own way of being made welcome, just like the rest of us. But the key once again is joy, and I enjoy. Um, working them, and I'll I'll work them on. Uh, I'll make a demo, but then I'll, I'll make another demo, and because I feel like it, and um, maybe the second time I've turned the chords upside down, but then maybe I'll do it a few times. But then I feel like sharing this one with this musician. But and then we play it, and then it's a different thing. But usually there is a key moment. There is usually a line, um, an emotional uh, line through the thing, and I'm like, that gets me upset. And I'm like, let's do some more of that because I feel like meeting those feelings. But there's also, like, you know, we recorded the many different bands playing the same material, and we recorded them at the, the right speed so that I could play them back on top of each other. And so, and this meant that I, I did more arrangement after having done live development of the, of the, of the parts with the players, you know. So I could like chop it into things, sometimes. But then, what was was that the same but, with the new album? No, that's a different thing because I didn't compose those pieces beforehand. With those, those occurred because of the interaction with the players. But then I did, um, I I did arrange them with like with chords and other melodies afterwards. Like I did put those things on, but in a more traditional thing, but with the basis of like this, of this live development. Yeah. It is good fun. Clocking your live it, yeah. development. Yeah. I recommend it. 
Do you know when, you know, when I'm thinking of um, something being in a sort of in that pre-conscious uh, stage, right? And it's not arriving to you as a fully formed song because it has to be created. Um, and uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a mood, maybe it's an idea or a notion. At, at, at what point do you know that the realization of that requires words and not just instrumental music? Is there a clear decision point for you uh or is it sort of organic and it's kind of how things happen well requires words in order to do what uh in order to become realized and to uh to in inhabit the uh the iteration of it that you're trying to bring about oh i don't know you never know you never know. I like. I feel. But you know, most most of these tunes, I've written words for them, even if you don't get them on the record. Okay. And those, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I'll write words. Like, why am I writing words so that I can finish my album? No. I'm writing them because I like it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, there's always <laughs> there's always the temptation, you know, to be like, oh, how can I finish this? You know, when will it end? Like you know, <laughs> right. like you record a song. <laughs> yeah. well, I know like, this pain. <laughs> you know this. You know this. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Like we record the song, we finish the song, and then we say, "Was that good enough?" Oh no, we have to do it again. We don't have to do it again. You don't have to do it in the first place. Don't we want to do it? <laughs> don't yeah. we want to? And, and and I think anybody listening, that's that's really the most important thing about creating art, period. Like, you, you just feel it and you do it. Yeah. And, like, certainly there's ways to plug into capitalism if that's your goal. But I don't. That shouldn't be the goal to just create, and everybody wow. can and, and everybody can do it. Mm. Yeah, but like you say, like pl plug in the capitalism if that is your goal. Yeah, but like w yeah, and I'm glad you brought up that word because like, we are selling my music. Correct. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, but. Some, I don't know if this is useful. Somebody once was working on booking me for something. And she said, um, I'll make sure there's enough money in it to make it worth your while. And I said to her, um, no, you stop there, my friend. The money is not going to make it worthwhile. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> it's done. Uh -huh. The the yeah. music will make it worthwhile. The people will make it worthwhile. The money right. will only make it possible. And like, like, what what is our goal? What are we really doing? And like, I don't know about you, but I find this really useful to think about what am I really doing? Because what I'm really doing isn't like selling tickets. It's not even playing saxophone. That's not what I'm really doing. And like, you know, when we drive a car, 
we don't look at the car. We look where we're going. Don't look at the car. Look where you're going. If you look at the car, you'll crash the car. <laughs> as, I, as I, what am I really, really doing? You know, really, really, really. What am I really, really doing on this earth? You know, and it's something harder to describe than you know selling records. That is useful for what I'm really doing. Sure, that helps. That's a help. That's one helpful thing. What am I really, really doing though? What am I really doing? And I love it. And if I, I can look at it, I can feel it. And I could try and describe it to you, but I love it so much. I find it helpful. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of shows, uh, you have, I, I think you've done this from the beginning, correct me if I'm wrong, where you go into these shows and you basically don't know the band. And it sounds as thrilling for you as it does for these band members. <laughs> Do you have people, though, lining up being like, oh, shit, I want to try that out? <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, look, no matter, no matter what, it, it wouldn't matter like jazz, wouldn't matter your music, John, anything. That, that's daunting if you think about it. And I think if you don't think about it necessarily – then that's when it becomes like the joy of it. Maybe. Well, I'm going to, well, I, I don't know how to do it. Right. If I knew how to do it, you wouldn't need to be there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so how is it done? What is it like for me to play with different musicians? I don't know. Because if I knew, then it wouldn't matter who they were. But I, more recently, I've been playing, I've been bringing a regular crew. Actually, on this tour, I'm bringing Donna Thompson and Ruth Goller. And do you know why? Do you know why I'm doing that? How long, how long is the show? It's like an hour or something. How long is the day? I, the rest of the work is other stuff. Right, and I right. want to spend that time with my nice friends because I'm spending yeah. more and more of my time doing this. And I can meet strangers. I can come and work. And I love what happens, what, what they bring out of me. These people have never heard my tunes and who are playing them and who turn them upside down. And they teach me. They fucking teach me how my songs go. I love what happens. I love it. it. Brings me a glorious thrill, wonder. But if I spend every night meeting new people, I am kind of alone. And I'm working on taking care of this human who I am. Because I intend for this work to continue. And I will need to be well. And if I'm spending every night doing the shows. If I'm going to be queuing in an airport queue every day, I want to queue in that queue with my nice friends. So, that's great. I think that's just like a good life philosophy. Right. If you're going to be queuing, you want to be queuing with your friends, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, it, oh, yeah. also, it also speaks to how much of, um, with, with the recordings that we hear, is knowing how much work 
is not captured in the final product, right? How much mm-hmm. preparation, how much yeah. editing, how much of how much revising happens and and I love that idea that, you know, you're you're on stage for an hour a day, but the real work is happening when yeah. you're being humans coexisting Most with each of other. This job is other stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. You know it. So we do have, you have some dates coming up. I wanted to quickly ask you just kind of selfishly, because every year Kevin and I uh, look at the Big Ears Festival lineup and we're always just incredulous that we're not there for some reason. I'm, I, I know they're announcing a lineup in a, in a few weeks. You were there. You were there last year, right? Yeah. Mate. With Jay Breeze. Yeah. Did you know her? Uh, no, my, um, my record shop guy, uh, Acme Records up the street, like right in my neighborhood was friends with her because when she came through Milwaukee, she would either play there or at a place called the Sugar Maple, which is a beer bar just around the corner. Um, so he, he knew her, he knew her well. Uh, she was amazing. That's what he says. <laughs> Mm, yeah, yeah, I was there. In fact, I had a confusion desk. Do you know about that? Mm-mm, no. And I and I sit there, and some then you come along and you say, "What's a confusion desk?" And I say, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I I I have been there. I didn't know, but I but I have been there. <laughs> I might, I, I might be there now. I might be there now. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. It's a lot of work. Like, cause I end up talking, going really deep into conversations with people who I don't know. Oh, I ask them actually often what message they'd like to share with the audience. Because usually I'm doing the confusion desk all week, weekend playing a show afterwards and I'm like what can I pass on from you to the show to to the audience and one of them said come with fierce grace and that's why it's called that album one of those ones at in yeah at Big Ears Festival wow and that's why that's why it's called that but like you know what's the confusion desk I don't know and and share we speak (laughs) you know (laughs) so great just just a way to be in the world with everybody man (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, I don't know. Well, guys, so, I know it is late yeah. there. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. And uh, you, yeah. I, I know, Ed, I know, Eduardo is going to see you in New York. I'm probably going to come down to Chicago. Uh, it, really? Legitim- You're going to come to the thing? Yeah, yeah. It's only ninety minutes away, so I'll be, I'll be down. That's there. the kind of language you speak over there. That's only yeah. ninety minutes away. I get picked on because I don't leave our neighborhood because it is very self-contained, and I mean, I don't. I mean, we have a, I have an art like a mini total refreshment center in in progress uh, wow. going. We have two record stores. We have we're right by the lake, so you know I've got everything. But uh, can I come? Yes, please. That's what I was going to say. Please, if you want to come really? to Milwaukee. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll get Nicole to put us in touch. But uh, thank you so much uh, for not just your time today, but your music. Uh, it really, oh, 
more than a lot. I, I just turned 51. More than a lot I've heard in my life. It means just, it means a lot. So, you, you too, you fill me with hope. Oh. It's, 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 it's reciprocal, I can promise you. I love the way you, you do this. And I believe in what you're doing. In your own creative work. And in what you deliver to the people who listen to this show. I love that you're making this work. Likewise. I love, I love that you're alive in the first place. It's tricky. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> for <Right>. living. <laughs> Thank you, everyone listening. Thank you for living. It's tricky enough. I admire you for doing it. I don't know who you are. Don't know what you're up to. But I know that if you're listening, you must be living. And I know that living involves suffering. And I admire you for living through the suffering that you live through. And I believe in you. That was our discussion with uh, Gus Fairburn, Alabaster de Plume. Thanks again to him for it was late there. It was yeah, it was about eleven thirty. Um, um, you mentioned yeah. jujitsu, like he did. Yeah. I, I don't know if that makes the cut in the in the episode, but you know, okay. he said he asked us like what he wanted. He's like, you know what I really love? <laughs> We're like, what? It's like jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was such a, and his eyes lit up. It's just such a. Um, when you have conversations like this or hear people have conversations like this, like it's so easy to, to just get like locked up in your day to day and forget your connection to people and forget your humanity a lot of times, you know, depending on like how many screens you're looking at all day uh, amongst other things. Um, and forget that even though everything can be horrible, you're still here. Um, you know, this isn't radical thinking, I don't think. I, I think I think what's radical about uh, Gus and his music is is that he's so consistent with it over and over and over. This is the message. Mm -hmm. Whatever I have to do to make you hear this, this is this is how I've chosen to communicate with you. Yeah. Um, and like we went over this in the interview, but it is like to let you know that he's a human too, and you're a human, and we're all we're out out here just being humans. There, you know, he's there should be like a title for like world's greatest Mancunian or something. Like like Manchester mm -hmm. needs to come up with some way to honor him because yeah. Uh, because yeah. it really is, you know, it just feels like when you're talking to him that 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 this is a reminder of of the work and that it's not extraordinary 
to wake up every day and decide that that life is worth living. I mean, it is, and yeah. it's important to, to to remind ourselves of that, right? Um, yeah. I'm, but that but that essentially like it's a ha- it's it it's it's born out of habit and it's born out of a fierce commitment to the idea that all of us are worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I desperately want to get him and uh, Phil. Yes. Cooked. In a room, and uh, maybe It'll even reset like, the entire timeline. Well, and maybe even there, we, you and I, had this r- remarkable conversation after a Phil show with two random people we didn't know. Yes, uh, a young woman and her sister, and it was like it was Pride Week, I believe it yeah. was. It was yeah. Pride Weekend, and I was talking to this young woman who was a, a rocket scientist. Yeah, <laughs> because this is you know you just run into that in Washington D.C. Um, who had just uh found out that she had multiple sclerosis and you don't think you're gonna get in a conversation about mortality and love and like all these things when you (laughs) you know what it what it means to be human like but but right at that moment she was faced with what it means to be human and she just wanted to talk to somebody about that and uh, I haven't like you happen to be there I happen to be there and it was just, I was having uh, I was having my own very deep empathy, right empathy, empathy portal moment talking about life's struggles and um, solving you know difficult problems in in your life um, and uh, yeah it was a really it was I mean I think I think that's what you know great art great music uh, they sensitize you in a way and they become kind of these portals to connect and yeah. find common ground. And that, that Phil Cook example is one that I'll always treasure as well. Yeah. And I feel like when I see, uh, when I, you know, I'll be in New York in a few weeks to see, uh, to see Gus play. And I, I assume some poor stranger is going to have to hear a lot from me after that show. <laughs> <laughs> some unassuming person is going to get my life story. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm going to be in Chicago. Um, with Quinn, actually. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Quinn and his partner. It's gonna be. It's it's gonna be a good time. And uh, yeah. So the album is out now. Come with fierce grace. Before we get out of here, an album that just came out from an artist who's no longer with us, Jamie Branch. She was a uh, a friend of Gus's. Uh, yeah. They they it, she's a friend I think before, but they played at Big Ears, which we we talked about a little bit. Yeah. And there's a point when we asked him about that. And you all can't see on the screen what we see when we're talking to people. But the way he leaned into the screen and the way he just said breezy. Yeah. uh, It was filled with such like love for another human that it, it was, again, this is like, this is how he interacts with the world. But when you see that uh and then to have just heard her final album the posthumous album fly or die fly or die fly or die world war is the name of it uh, and have it be rem- as remarkable an album as it is when people die like jimmy buffett just died and mm-hmm. and you know there's a big part of my life i respect him as a songwriter but i don't know jimmy buffett I, and, and I didn't know Jamie Branch. I know a lot of people who did know Jamie Branch, yeah, um, yeah. and and all of them loved her, loved her equally. Yeah. Um, 
but it was a way, I guess it, it made me feel sad for a second, but that made me feel like pretty, pretty good about that. Even when this person is gone, that people still love you. Yep. So we are ending uh, this show. We're just going to go out on it uh, with offer a new album. Uh, the track I want to play is Baba Louie. Uh, it is, comes after a, a remarkable track called The Mountain. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to fade out. It's a nine-minute track, guys. Um, but go out and get this. Go out and get Gus's album, Alabaster to Plume's album. And then uh, come back on Saturday and listen to us start the season proper. Talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs>